0: So we're glad that you're here. Like I said, we're in the middle of a series. We want to just uh, make a few quick points here to keep us in uh, in time with our series and get you right to the main attraction, which is our kids teaching us and showing us uh, what they have been rehearsing since really around September. So if you have your Bibles, uh, would you open them to the Gospel according to Luke? Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. And then, if you would also, once you have found that, uh, look at uh, Matthew as well. We're gonna we're gonna read two quick passages, uh, and that's also gonna be in Matthew two. So Matthew chapter two, and uh, and also uh, Luke chapter two. But we'll start with Luke chapter two, and we're gonna begin at verse eight. For all of you who are able, will you stand in honor of the reading of the gospel according to Luke? Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests." When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen Him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Let's move on. Uh, the shepherds returned, glorifying God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now let's go over to Matthew. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship Him. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this good news. May it teach us again about the Christmas option. The option that are available to us because Your Holy Spirit is always with us. Help us today, we pray, in Your name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Well, today... Uh, like I said, I wanna, I wanna see, we've been journeying through this, this Christmas narrative, the Christmas story, which is very familiar to most of us. And yet, we've been looking at it and saying, okay, in these things, are they showing us an option? Is it showing us an option that is present for those who believe because the Holy Spirit is available? We've been looking the last few weeks that when uh, those disruptions come in because the Holy Spirit is available, those disappointments can be options for worship, for deeper trust with God, uh, where we can take an, an option to actually encourage Encourage someone else when we have been through disappointments. Last week, we saw that interruptions uh, can be used of God. And when we see those interruptions, it may just be that God has something unique in store for us. If we will lean in and wait and see what God is up to. This week, I believe that our two little narratives here, the shepherds And the wise men or the magi uh, that we talk about give us and show us the option that if we truly want to love God and love other people, we must allow our routines to be interrupted. Now, I don't know about you, but I like my routines. How many of you have a morning routine like you don't even think about it anymore? The alarm goes off. Maybe you hit the snooze just one time. Maybe some of you are risky two times. Maybe right after that, you know, you just kind of go through. And if your alarm doesn't go off, oh no, your routine is interrupted or it's incredibly sped up, which just makes it feel bad. And so we're going to look today and see a couple of instances where routines were interrupted. And yet it begins to show us that for that, for us to love God and to love others, it often takes place when our routines are interrupted. So let's look briefly at our first narrative, and that is the story of the shepherds, the one that we've all learned about since Linus hit the big stage and I was able to tell us all about this story or tell Charlie Brown about the story. But here are shepherds out in the fields We think of that as something kind of special and those kinds of things. For them, it was their job. It's what they did. They were just out in their routine. How many of you have a work routine? You kind of know what your day is going to look like. You do that. They're in it. They're out. It's dark. There's maybe a little campfire. Maybe not. It just depends. And they're out watching their livelihood. The sheep. This is how they live. This is how they they do their thing. So just imagine yourself being at your job in your workplace and all of a sudden in the midst of the darkness an angel shows up and we know the story. It tells them not to be afraid. Tells them of the baby that has been born. Gives them the signs that will help them find their way there. Then there's a giant choir. They sing glory to God in the highest. It was probably a little better than our choir today. Oh, okay. Yeah, you agree with me. All right. And, and they, and then it's gone. The darkness returns. The thunderous silence. Probably hear a gust of wind. One of the sheep bying, making their noise. It was there, right in that moment, that those shepherds had an option. That they began to see if they would choose. Would they just sit there and say, Wow, George, that was pretty cool. Great singing. Awesome light show. Glad they chose our hill to do that on. All right, six more hours till daylight. No, we know that they realized the option that was before them. That when that worship often interrupts our routines, and so they chose to go. Now I want you to think about this. They're out on a field, so they that we don't. We're not told in scripture, but either they left their livelihood, they took off. To find this baby, they either left their livelihood or they had to gather the whole flock around them and drive the entire flock out of the fields and down to find the stable. Many of you who have children know what this feels like every Sunday morning. Had to get everything together and drive them down. They find the baby and they, they worship. But then they don't just stop there. They realize that... Part of this option means they also have to declare out what they have seen. And so they go and they tell anyone who will listen what has happened and what God has done, that God has declared that there is peace on earth and that God's disposition towards people is one of goodwill and love and hope and wholeness for all humanity. They go and they do that. They leave. Can you imagine that? When was the last time that you left your livelihood to go to worship? When was the last time you even approached the subject with your employer about how important it was for you to be a part of worship? When was the last time you took a chance, you took a risk of of giving up a little bit of that income to come and be a part of what God wants to do, of worshiping this One who loved us so much, He came and lived among us? When was the last time you took that risk? When was the last time you tried to gather your flock to come? Maybe this Christmas season, we've got a couple more services and a great candlelight service on the 23rd at 6, next Sunday at 6. When was the last time you picked up the phone and called family members and said, Hey, I'm going to go. You want to come with? When was the last time you gathered your flock to bring them to worship? I know it will interrupt your routine, but would you try to take the shepherd's option this, this year and come? What about declaring what you have seen? We've been working this this month that we've been looking and handing out those postcards to invite people to come to tell a little bit about our services. You can still get them. They are on the, uh, on the Welcome Center. And I want you to know this is going to become a part of our culture next week. Deidre will have new postcards for our January series that will be starting uh, when we get back. And I want you to take those. We've got to get in the habit of letting people know what we are doing and inviting them to be a part. Will you take the Shepherd's option this year? Well, let's move on, because we have the three Magi that we need to get to. Now, I know, scholars will tell me, they were not present at the manger. I know that might be a shock, because if you go home to your nativity set, you will see probably three wise men right there, right? Uh, We put them out there. Technically, the church doesn't celebrate that until Epiphany. That's the next set of holidays. But one thing that I think is important about the Christmas narrative is they saw the star when Christ was born. And there was something about them that said, I need to make that long journey to go see what God is up to. To see this thing that has happened. Now, we don't know a lot, Some say there weren't three, but it was three gifts, so we wrote the song to say three, so we can talk about gold and frankincense and myrrh. There could have been a ton of these magi who came. We don't know if they were kings. Uh, Some scholars will say they were uh, just kind of uh, stargazers in some ways. Um, Some will say that they were actually priests in the Zoroastrian religion that, that kind of combined looking at the stars with a little bit of science. So maybe today our best guess is that they were somewhere between scientists and astrologers all we know is they were way far outside the bounds of judaism and that no good jew would associate with magi from the east and yet it was to them that they saw something they were studying and longing for knowledge and they decided it was time to make the long journey to do this and we know that they did, and they, they eventually made it there. Some say as early as seven months after Jesus was born. Some say as late as two years. You know, get five scholars together and you'll have at least 21 opinions. But we know that they longed for something. They sought hard and diligently for it. And when they were there, Mary and Joseph did not send them away. You see, Mary and Joseph seemed to know that God is available to any who would seek Him. And any means any. That means you. That means me. I want you to know today, I want to I want to tell I want you to know today that if you are here just to see your kids, you think that's why you're here. But you are here because God has led you to this moment. And you may not understand this whole Jesus thing, the whole God thing, but I want you to know that today there's a space for you. We sang that song, I Belong Here. We want you to know the Jesus that is why we celebrate Christmas. We want you to trust in Him. We want you to know the peace of earth that comes in His presence. We want you to put your trust in Him so that you can experience the joy of Christmas. And you can still do that today. And if you would like to do that, I hope and pray that you will when we pray today. But this is also a story for the church. This is also something for us to remember. Cross Community Church, we need to remember that there is God is available to anyone who would seek after Him. Anyone. I want to give you a story, an example. I think it's a beautiful example from a church just up the street, or just up 131. It's one of our Nazarene churches in Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids International Fellowship Church um, has a lot of cultures that have kind of moved into the neighborhood around them. And so one of the ministries that they decided they would be a part of was that they would teach kind of life skills. So they have all kinds of different classes. And one of those classes is an English as a Second Language class, which they teach uh, in routine. They do a number of weeks, and then they have a week in between, and then they start again. And every time they, get, they approach that empty week, pastor would go around to the classes and just say to everyone, give the invitation, if you're wondering about Christianity, I'm going to do a brief teaching on the off week in my office. If you would like to hear what Christians believe in, you can come. And so he was waiting. He said, sometimes people show up, sometimes people don't. And, uh, Pastor Joe said there was a, a knock at the door. And he opened the door and there were three Muslim Imams in their full religious regalia. He invited them in. They sat down. He treated them with great respect and dignity. And he told them what we believe. He told them of the God who so loved the world that He became one of us. And while He was among us, He loved people deeply. He showed the way of God. He showed the way of love. He died on a cruel cross. He was raised on the third day to show us we no longer have to fear death. We know that He sent the Holy Spirit to empower human beings to live and love like Jesus did. And that the church's mission is to tell people and declare the love of God to all humanity. He finished. The Imams were quiet. And then, one by one, they took off their head covering. Which he found out later was an immense sign of respect. He said one of them had actually had tears in his eyes and said, thank you, Pastor Joe. No one has ever taken the time to tell me what Christians actually believe. And they all stood and they put on their regalia again and they walked out the door. Pastor Joe doesn't know what impact that made, but he took the option because he realized that God is available to anyone who would seek Him. And the wise men show us this each year. So for us, my brothers and sisters, How will we take these options this year? How would we do if three Muslim imams in all their religious regalia walked in the door right now? Would there be space for them? What what about three... I mean, just think of people that you find it difficult to get along with. What if they came in the door? What about three scientists? What about three atheists? What about three people from the LGBT community? Would there be a place for them if they were honestly seeking? The truth is, church, we can no longer judge somebody else's journey. We don't know the long and arduous journey that God has taken them on to bring them in the doors. We are simply here to say, if you are seeking after God, there is a place for you. Come and hear the good news. Come, there's a place for you. We are here to enter into the dialogue. This is truly what Christmas is all about. Cross Community Church, how are we doing on this one? I think maybe there's some room for repentance. Can we, in the new year, begin to move in the rhythms of a God who's available to anyone, and that includes you? Will you take the Christmas option? So this year, this Christmas, will you leave your routines? Let them be interrupted? Will you leave your livelihood a little bit? Will you gather your flock and bring them? Will you tell others? Will you dare to believe in a God that creates space for anyone who is truly seeking? I believe if we take this option, we will begin to see God sending folks to us and will call us to go and declare His good news, peace on earth, goodwill towards all humanity. That's the God we serve. Are you ready to see what this God can do in our community? Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this, this option that's available because You came. Because You lived and loved. Because You died and were raised. Because You forgive and save. Because You cleanse and teach us how to live. Open us this year, this even this Christmas season, to let You interrupt our routines. Cause us to worship. Cause us to bring others. Cause us to tell. Cause us to be a church that looks like You, that has space for people who are honestly seeking. God, we love You. We thank You for our kids, and we pray right now that they would come and share the really, really, really good news with us. For it is in the name of Jesus that we ask all of these things, and everyone said, Amen.